Hello, Bethel fandom. It is I, your host, Sunny, aka Dynamic Symmetry, on Tumblr and Twitter and just about everywhere else. And welcome to another episode of Keep Singing, a Bethel and Daryl Dixon and Beth Green podcast. And I am bringing you part two of our Wiscon extravaganza. Last time you heard from me, we sat in on the panel on how to ship without being a jerk that I was on. That was super fun. And now you are going to be hearing this time a conversation between me and Ari, Breath of Fresh Air on Tumblr, and Amber, writer, lover, psychopomp on Tumblr, and my roommate Jason, uh, who just, you know, is an awesome guy and popped in and was like, I have Walking Dead feelings. And I was like, sit down, Jason, let's talk about it. And that's what we did. This conversation took place a couple of hours before the shipping panel, and also the Guest of Honor Tip Tree Awards, and then the second part of the conversation, which you'll be hearing probably, I mean, let's be real, probably in about a week, is what took place after the panel, and that's that's where things get sort of inebriated and rambly. I mean, this is rambly too. I mean, just, just like, yeah, fair warning, like, this is a conversation between a person on Tumblr, a person on Tumblr, a person on Tumblr, and somebody who frankly should be on Tumblr. So it's fucking awkward like you would exactly expect. But yeah, it's it's, it's super great. And uh, I think that you actually get to hear the story of how I almost killed Jason. I'm pretty sure we tell that story. Uh, he, he's wearing a, like a really cunning band-aid as a result of it on his head. Um, you know, colorful and finest Wisconsin tradition. Long story short, I, I, I tried to kill him with a glass of old-fashioned. Glass of really good brandy old-fashioned. It didn't work. He's alive. But uh, don't room with me at Wisconsin. Uh, that's that's the moral of that story. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, we're, we're going to get to that. Uh, before we do that, let me real quick do my uh, Patreon and PayPal tip jar spiel. Uh, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy listening to it, if you'd like to hear me do more of it, I mean, I'll, I'll do more of it fucking regardless if I can, but, you know, if, if you want to kind of help me out there. Uh, if you want to toss a couple of bucks a month in my Patreon, that is absolutely fucking amazing. I do incur some out-of-pocket costs in doing this. And also, you know, just it, it helps me to justify spending more time on this, which I wish I could do way more than I do. Uh, if you want to help me in a material fashion, you can go to my Patreon link, which is at the top of my Tumblr page, dynamicsymmetry.tumblr.com. Go to the Patreon link at the top, click it, takes you to Patreon. And if you prefer to not do Patreon and you just want to do like a couple one time, here's a couple dollars type thing, go to keepsingingpodcast.wordpress.com and there's a picture of tip jar, click tip jar, go to PayPal, be like, hey, Sonny, here's a couple dollars. I like the cut of your podcast, Jim. And that makes me super happy. Now, normally what I do at this point is I thank my patrons on Patreon individually. Uh, I'm going to be honest though, like, I- I've sort of been thinking about that. like. I don't know if I'm comfortable saying people's names, like, on the podcasts. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, that that's sort of... Sometimes people want to have their names on a big list. Sometimes people don't want to have their names on a big list. I, I, I just sort of feel weird about listing all of the names. So I'm not going to do that this time. If you are a patron on Patreon and you want me to be like, Hey, you particular person, I want to thank you specifically. I am totally happy to fucking do that. Just let me know. Uh, but otherwise, I think I'm going to stop actually reading a list of names. I don't know, it, it just it feels weird to me. So, all of you who are supporting me on Patreon, you know exactly who you are. I love you so goddamn much. Thank you so, so much. Um, I know things are really tight out there right now. And, you know, most of us just can't... For most of us, like, even a couple dollars is a lot. It's certainly a lot for me. And, and I super appreciate it. And I totally understand if you can't. 
Like if you're just not in a position where you can do that right now or you don't feel comfortable doing it for whatever reason, that's cool, no judgment. But what's really awesome, if you can't or don't want to toss a couple dollars at me, is to reblog things. Spread the word. I don't advertise this in any way other than word of mouth and my own screaming on my own blog. So, like, tell people about it. If you think it's cool, if you think they might want to listen to it, you know, sit them down and trick them and subject them to it and be like, hey, you should listen to more of this because it's fucking great. Um, you know, just, just like, yeah, just like reblog shit. Post links to things. I don't know. Just yell about it if you like it. That's, you know what, in a fandom gift economy, and even in a patronage economy, which I'm kind of making this into, you know what you do? How you pay somebody? If you really like what they're doing, tell other people about it. That's what you do. That's great to do it. And I super appreciate it. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up and we're gonna go ahead and get to the conversation. Again, like, fair warning, this is super awkward. I haven't even gone back and listened to the whole thing because I just wanted to go ahead and get it posted. So I'm assuming that I don't say anything here that's absolutely fucking awful. But, you know, just in case, I apologize in advance. I think it's just super awkward. Oh, and uh, one final apology in advance before I get to it. Um, the sound quality, it's just not amazing. At least it's definitely not amazing until we actually get into the hotel room where things quiet down a bit. Because initially we're doing it in a little circle of couches right outside of the Governor's Club bar. And it wasn't loud when we started talking, but boy did it get loud pretty quick. Because I think, you know, panels were letting out, people were coming in to drink. Because you drink free at the Governor's Club when you pay for the Governor's Club level on, in the hotel. It's fucking awesome. It's so worth it. Anyway, great drinks. And I, the bartender I like to flirt with because he's been there forever. Uh, that was something you didn't need to know. Anyway, uh, yeah, sound quality. Um, yeah, um, it's not awesome. I, I did what I could with Audacity. There's always some something I can do in the way of noise reduction in Audacity. I can f kind of fuck around with it a little bit. I can bring some levels up. I can push some levels down. But there's really only so much that I can do with my recording equipment. And again, all I had was my iPad, which is okay. It's serviceable. It's not amazing. So I apologize for the difficulty in hearing people initially. We get back into the hotel room. I think things get better after that. Uh, I don't think it's significantly worse than the panel was. you know. And, and if you listen to that, you, then you know whether or not you found that bearable. So yeah, let's 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 go ahead and get into it. I'll see you on the flip side. Okay. Hello everybody. I am reporting to you live from Wiscon and it is the last full day of Wiscon and we've had an amazing time. I'm super fucking tired. And we still have the guest of honor speeches to go through and the dessert salon and I'm looking forward to that. But we're slowly working our way toward winding down, I guess, and it seems like a good time to have a conversation with some friends of mine. So, I am Sunny, you are? I am Amber, also known as Rider Lover Psychopomp, and I'm Bursa 29. Um, I'm Ariana, um, please call me Ari. I am known as Breath of Fresh Air on Tumblr, and then on AO3, you can call me um, Aris Aymara Saren. Okay, so, how has your WISCON been so far? Oh, already. <laughs> I don't right. even know where to begin. Okay. And you, but neither of you have ever been to Wisconsin. Before. Oh no, no, right. Nope. We have not. First time. First time. Definitely. Will not be and the last. Definitely not right. the last. It's when people come here. It's never the last. Time. <laughs> yes. I mean, very few people I think that happens to, but those aren't the kind of people who should come here, and no. that's fine. But yeah, I have never brought anybody here who has ever been anything like I'm coming back for the rest of my life. Yes. yes. Success. <laughs> yep. 
yearly success when you do it. Yeah. So. So. Talk about how it's been. Mm-hmm. Talk more about how it's been. Yes. Okay. So I really don't know where to begin. We came in um, two days into the convention. Yeah. So we came in on Saturday morning. That was our first, you know, so that was yesterday and then today. Um, it's been amazing. Um, I came here with the idea of meeting other writers and trying to improve my writing. And I've exceeded my expectations in that. And just meeting more people and getting, not getting my name out there, but making more connections and feeling like this is a good place to be, really. It's been a lot of fun. There's so many different panels, although be warned, there's going to be a lot of amazing ones and there's going to be scheduled conflicts. So figure out what you can go. I know. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah, I know. I so wish there was more days to. that they were doing this. But then at the end of it, you wish there weren't because you're going to be wiped on Monday. Dude, yeah. I'm almost there. Yeah. And I've only been here for two days. Budget two days after that just for decompression. You're going to be like crying and having no idea why because it's just everything pouring out of you. I don't have two days. I'm going to be in Pennsylvania. Well, then just try and work it into like spare five minutes. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Quick cry for five minutes and then run back out and handle the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. And then when I get home, I'll do that. I'll yeah. decompress from everything. Yeah. But oh yeah, if you feel like you want it to be longer, I absolutely get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate the schedule point, but frankly, I think we've been lucky that we've both been interested in different things and been able to go to those and then connect about them and talk about the ones that we each wanted to go to. Yeah. So that's been really helpful. Yeah, um, it's going to be a look course. It's actually a really nice strategy mm-hmm. because... It's interesting that we do have similar interests, and but we've decided I'll go here and you go there. Yep. We'll meet up and talk after. Yep. And the talks in the bedrooms about the different panels and everything, the different discussions, has been really fun. It's yeah. Been really enlightening. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, frankly, I also wouldn't be able to be here if it weren't for her. Yeah. Um, if she hadn't agreed to come to, to come here, then yeah, neither of us would be here. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be able to be here without you, frankly, because I didn't know that this existed. Nobody in nobody in our fandom fucking knows this exists. Yeah. And, and honestly, like. When I scream about it on Tumblr, I'm not kidding. It frustrates me. And one of the reasons why it frustrates me is I feel like this is what our corner of the fandom is looking for and we don't know it. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we you know, we're all feeling all frustrated about about aunties and we're all frustrated about kind of hanging on to a feeling of community and needing some kind of kind of some kind of a revival. Yeah. You know, something, especially given that there's no sign of Beth. Yeah. And some of us are kinda of like, oh well maybe not. Like this is this, I feel personally, is like a fandom revival meeting. You yeah. come out of it feeling pumped. And I feel like so many of the people in our fandom, if they would just come here, not even necessarily for a specific fandom, but just come here, expose themselves to all these conversations, all these parties, all these people, they would come out of this feeling so much better about everything. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain that to people. Yeah. And they don't fucking get it. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, here, being here is like... Okay, I came here and at first for five seconds surrounded by a million people because um, 
the hour changed and everybody was going to the next thing, I was overwhelmed. I was like, oh, oh my really god, there's all these people. It's yeah. really overwhelming. Uh, but then I, I sat myself down, I kind of chilled out and watched everybody, and then I realized these are weird, crazy writer people just like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Writers and fan, writer and fandom people. There's yeah. wonderful overlap. Oh yeah. And it's been really interesting actually for that exact reason mm-hmm. is that these different panels are um, what is it? What is the word? Advertised? No, they're set up for each individual person for different needs. Yeah. For me, I did my research on WizCon. I never even heard of it until Amber brought it up because you brought it to her I won't stop attention. Screaming about it. Yeah. And yeah. it it blew my mind. I was skeptical at first because I never even heard of it, and it's been this is the forty. It's been here forever, and nobody's ever fucking heard of it. And honestly, I kind of like that because it means that people bring other people in who we think will fit well. Yeah. And it's not like Comic-Con where it just gets swamped by, you know, and a lot of them are randos who frankly shouldn't be there. This is very much a community, and we bring other people in who we think match the community well. And it's really interesting to see all these different communities intermingle. Like, I've seen people be talking about Harry Potter and Star Wars in the same breath. Yeah. And it doesn't even get messy and yep. there's no yeah. fandom wars no. like whoa well, yeah well that this is like a fandom neutral space yeah, you know? yeah like i said on i said on tumblr the other day when because you know i had that i had that panel on, fa- on fandom and fascism and there were there were people were talking about purity culture and like you can't write about that and that makes you a bad per- if you write about this you're a pedophile or you're an abuser and i was like aunties would not like it here <laughs> this is not a space for them no right. they hate it Frankly, I have to wonder if any of them would dare to say the kinds of things that they say on Tumblr face-to-face. Well, I mean, I, like, I think they would walk in here and immediately know that they were not welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is real serious, long going back. Like like there is there are generations upon generations upon generations of fans here. We, we remember that we had to fight for space. Mm-hmm. Like we remember the that when when Ao3 was first established because of wars and the purges with FF.net. Yeah. And and people getting sued right and left. We had to fight for our spaces. And those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. have no idea about any of that. So yeah. they would be walking into a heritage that they have no idea about. Mm-hmm. And that makes it makes me happy. It makes me happy to think that the people who give us shit online this gives me would be very unwelcome here. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I'm sorry. This totally I'm, gives I'm me goosebumps talking about this right now because I was um I sat down with a couple people that have been here like it's literally like a gamut. Like they're one of the first people from the very first committee mm-hmm. 41 years ago to someone that's been on the committee 10 years ago up until last year. Yeah. And someone that is now on the committee and then someone that planned on being on the committee and then people that just um, have been here, been coming here for X amount of large sum of mm-hmm. years to yesterday to like us. Yeah. To, you know, this is their third year, whatever. And it's... Like, literally, they all have come back year after year or will come back. Yeah. And it's... Wow. It, it just gives me goosebumps to like think it. about it. And, nothing else like it. And it really feels like a safe space because I've seen people use all manner... I've heard and seen people use all manner of language here where they're literally talking about pedophiles, yeah. where they're talking about sex. Where, that was really fun, by the way. <laughs> Um, to to race in and out of the fandoms, race in and out of stories and everything, and it's just, oh my goodness, this is 
wow, because, okay, so Amber posted up a couple of days ago when, or yesterday, when we first walked in the door, and we both were, like, overwhelmed. Yeah, we were both overwhelmed, and I'm just taking it all in. I'm like, I want to go here, 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 and here, and she decides to decompress. I'm like, okay, where do I even start? Yeah. And then it just relaxed for a second, and just, this is home. Yeah, 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 this is... It's very welcoming. As a, I mean, as a people, if you could refer to writers as a people, this is our people. Yeah, These no, that's that's people. exactly, yeah. that. that's the phrase. That people yeah. say. I've, been, I'm, I've been screaming at Molly, to come because oh just imagine. God. And yeah. she feels so, she feels so isolated where she is. And can't you, just can't you imagine how this would just be, like... Everything in her just relaxing, walking into this space. That would yeah. be great. I'm just trying to get her to understand. But, but yeah, it's uh, uh, Molly sail not drift. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. all the shit that she's been through, this would be amazing for her. It's yeah, yeah Molly, it's come, come on, Molly. It's it's been yeah, it's been so. One of the only thing that I will say is that. Walking Dead fandom is super unrepresented, it, it, or at least yeah. we're all too ashamed to talk about it because the fandom is fucking awful, yeah. and it's 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 awkward. It, like I said last year, like it was awkward for me to be on panels and be talking about Daryl Dixon and asexuality, and you know people in the audience were not getting it because I'm sure a lot of them at least are have some passing, in, you know, mm-hmm. a, a passing awareness of the show. Yeah. But I'm here with my people for sure, mm-hmm. but. In terms of my fanish identity and the that's that side of what I do, like you're the first person I know who actually has been here. Like who I who I actually know, you know, from, from Tumblr who came here to actually get involved in it rather than just to, you know, meet me for coffee. And that's fantastic. And I want more people to come and do this because we could be this neat little subgroup. Among this much larger, wonderful oh, really? group. Yeah. And it yeah. would be... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go right ahead. Oh, and by the okay. way, one more thing. They do spontaneous programming here, which mm-hmm. means we could just get together in a hotel room and fucking... And it would be on the schedule. They have, like, a chalkboard. We could just fucking talk about Walking Dead. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh. Yeah. We could totally do that if we wanted to, spur the moment. Mm-hmm. That's why spontaneous programming exists. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I more, was wondering more, about those two boards up there. Yeah. I'm like, it says spontaneous programming, they have like one set block that was for manga the yeah. entire last two days. I'm like, <laughs> yes! Yeah. But, yeah. oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Your turn. My turn. Oh God. We're doing turns. My turn. Oh God. Seriously, where do, where do I go from here? Because <laughs> it's frankly, forgive me for being a little quiet. I'm actually dealing with this weird headache thing. Uh, it's okay. I, if you yeah. want to go, if this starts really getting super loud, know, it's, you want to go someplace quiet. It's not quiet. that kind of headache. Um, okay. Just let me know if you do want to move back to the room. It's, it's pinch nerve stuff. It's not going to go oh, away until so I see a chiropractor or something. Oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Maybe I hope the hotel goes someplace quieter just because it's a lot of background noise and I was about to ask if we could close the door. Oh, yeah? All right. Probably we should just go back to the room. Just okay. a heads up for everyone that's asking about, like, why we're discussing to go in another room and why it's so loud. Um, I'm hard of hearing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good idea. So background noise is killer when you're trying to do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back, guys. 
And we're back, everybody. Hello, and we're being joined by my friend and roommate, Jason. Hello. Who also has many Walking Dead feelings. <laughs> Some feelings. And we're in, in the hotel room where it is now quiet. So, everything. Everything is good again. So. <sighs> do you want to keep talking about Wiscon, or should we talk about... Oh. I can do either one, frankly. Tell me, tell me before we jump more into specific Walking Dead stuff, what other feelings do you have about Wiscon currently? What are your, your other first-time impressions of WizCon? Our first-timers? Excellent. Your first-timers. Yes. I know. I'm yes. super excited. Wow. And I was the one who got that. Yes. Yep. Cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Feelings. It just... The community, it just... It feels like home. It's been forever since I've been around a group of people where I felt like these are my people. This is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Colorful. Very colorful. Yes. Yeah. Dude, Literally. It's... The amount of amazing hair. Mm. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh. Isn't it great? Oh. I have hair envy. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, because mine's short and boring. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, your hair is beautiful. beautiful. Because I love having short hair and minimal maintenance. I used to have an afro, which looked awesome. It does look awesome. This is not an afro, but No, it but I mean, like, awesome. like um, no, it's, no, I shouldn't do the white You can touch thing. it. Can I touch your hair? Yes. I should not do yeah. the white person touching your hair. <laughs> okay, so. That is very gratifying. <laughs> I've had two people, and it's only two people in two days, and I'm impressed, honestly, because I can't even walk out in public, but I've had two people, like, without my permission touch my hair. But the rest of the time, people have asked, Mm -hmm. which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. See, I do it if I'm sitting with a friendly person who's talking about it, specifically leaning Mm -hmm. vaguely toward me, but I still was like, shit, no, I should ask for permission. You know you want to touch one more time. I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to be an asshole white person. You want to touch two? It is, a, it is very, very nice here. I really Thank like it, you. though. Like, But, okay, so, um, it's vibrant here, and it's colorful, and it's perfect, honestly, because it fits. When you think about a group of writers, you think quiet people that mm-hmm. have the big old glasses and they're super nerdy, super yeah. oversized mm-hmm. clothes, no fashion sense whatsoever. Oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. I have you do to have say, the oversized clothes. I have I mean, to the oversized say two glass. words. Bullshit. <laughs> here, here in WizCon, it is um, loud. It is intelligent conversation. Oh, God, yes. Because yeah. that's the problem. Oh, that is the problem. When you are a writer or even a reader, oh, bless your hearts to the readers. Mm-hmm. Like myself, like all of us in this room, mm-hmm. and like everybody else. Even if you just like watch the TV shows and you don't read nothing. You're still part of this because yeah, it's very yeah. important because there's only certain things that you can, in everyday, like in the real everyday world, it's, you can't, you just can't talk about your fandoms. Yeah. Or you can't even yeah. talk about all of the fandoms you're in because let's be honest, nobody is in just one fandom. Come on, be real here. No. no. But, no, no. for real. Yeah. It's just, you can talk about any and all of the fandoms that you've dabbled in, that you think about it. Or that you're, like, full in head on. Yeah. And here at WizCon, I've been able to talk about Inuyasha. <laughs> I've been able to rant about my feelings on One Piece. Because, let's be real, that's a little crazy up in there. And we've had discussions on race and being Latinx, Latinx, or black, or Hispanic, or any, or even Asian, and being in, and having them involved in shows and fandoms like The Walking Dead, like Supernatural, like Star Trek. Wow. Mm. And, you know, just... Anything you can imagine, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, honestly, 
come to WizCon, you won't regret it. Come to fucking WizCon, you assholes. Jesus. <laughs> you have to be nice if you're trying to persuade them no. to come. Oh, fuck that. You stupid motherfuckers. How much, how much longer do I have to scream at you before you get your asses to WizCon? You won't regret it. No, you won't. Oh, God. <laughs> we, we, could we just like have the Walking Dead Phantom kind of take over Wizcon quietly for only the good quietly. parts? Only the good yes, parts. Yes, only the good parts. Oh, oh god, my god! Yes, oh my god! Oh my god! Which yes. means which means like approximately ten percent of the overall fandom keep the rest of them out because they're such terrible people. <laughs> they wouldn't. God. But again, though, they, they wouldn't even want to be here. Like they'd yeah, walk in here and go, "Oh no, yeah. it's they're talking about social justice in a oh way that God. is not friendly to us because yeah. we're not even serious about social justice. We just want to make people uncomfortable." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. Like it just reminds me of I. I saw my cousin and she brought her kids. Happened to see my jacket and they're like, "Okay, so you like? Oh wow, you like The Walking Dead? Yes, I do." You like it? Yeah, I do. And frankly, it sounds like the reasons they're into it is because of all of the violence and gore. Oh, fuck. I know. Ooh. No, those are the wrong reasons, I objectively. Know. Like, and you have a right to be wrong, but it's wrong. Especially yes. if you're coming in after Rick tore out that guy's throat because oh, he was trying to save Carl from being raped. Let's be real here. That Jesus. almost happened. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh no, it absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. And if you're coming in after that, it's getting to where it's starting to slow down just a little bit. Yeah. So, Rick ripping out people's throats is probably not going to happen again. And if it does, I will take it back. <laughs> <laughs> and I will wear the ugliest hat I'm, that I can find on my head for three days. Even when I sleep, I will not take it. If Rick bites another person's throat out, we have I will recorded. wear an ugly hat. We have it recorded. We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Picture yeah. yeah. didn't happen. It's not going to happen. And I'm not editing it out even if you ask me to. <laughs> I wouldn't even ask you to anyways. I would hold myself to that anyways. I mean, and it is still really violent, but I feel like the violence... Unless it's... Re like, where they clotheslined the walkers. Yeah. That was the effects people being like, we have a budget. This is fucking ridiculous. It's so fun. And Let's we're still going to do it anyway. We're going to do it because it's ridiculous. That was fun. fun. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I wasn't like, this is stupid. I was like, this is stupid <laughs> and honestly, be real. If you could actually, in a real ass zombie apocalypse, do that, run down an entire herd Wouldn't in you? five Hell minutes yeah. uh, to yeah. save your you, community, you know you would. Bitch, you better believe it would be running down some walkers with a damn clothes on. I'll even use duct tape if I can. <laughs> I don't care. Them bitches are going down. It was super I'm staying alive. It was super effective. Yes. And, then, and then Rick and Michonne had a really sweet moment. Oh, the moment. The hand on the booty. Everybody wants to, like... Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> admires Michonne's booty. Well, yeah. You cannot be badass like that and not have a nice booty. Well, so she, she dresses super well. She, she does. Mm -hmm. Dude. And one thing I have to keep asking, it's a thing with black girls here, is our own hair maintenance and I keep thinking about that like how do people take care of their hair at the end of the apocalypse <laughs> yeah and she's got dreadlocks yeah like I know it's a show and they have they're makeup artists and everything but, but when you think about it dreadlocks at the end of the world would definitely work they would mm -hmm. work out for real right like you would care and they'd make, keep them up for a while and like, yeah they would yeah. last in the wild yeah, yeah. I keep noticing how often hair is really dirty in that show. That like, yeah. and where a lot of shows, it's like, oh yeah, we just 
gotten beat to shit, but our hair is... Yes, and we're know, magically all Really shaved. clean and yes. nice and perfect. No, everybody's a fucking mess. Yeah, really Everybody's mess. a fucking mess. Yeah. Yeah, and Rick Rose, this, Rick Rose is like a biblical patriarch beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this... I and I, I Rick get rid of that beard. It's it's weird how he just kind of and then it comes, but then it comes back. My 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 theory is that Rick's state of mind is expressed via his facial hair. So the longer his beard gets, the more like whacked out nuts he is. When it's when it's short, he's trying to pretend that he's normal. When it's long, it's like oh god, he's going to start ripping people's throats out now. Well, in the very beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. Like it literally at the start of The Walking Dead, Rick had no facial hair. Right, yeah, no. And he was a pretty boy, clean cut sheriff. Yeah, do good. For some reason, after being in a coma for three months, I was just thinking that same. He should have had the (laughs) beard. Yes. Also, he should have been dead from dehydration. So we're just going to forget about that. I never thought about it. Oh, like people who are like Beth can't come back from the dead. She was shot in the head. It's unrealistic. Okay. It is so much more realistic for Beth to come back from the dead than it was for Rick to ever have lived long enough for the show. To start, literally, yeah. even if it's been three months and Shane blocked mm-hmm. the room with a bed, I mean, he didn't put gallons of water in there. No, no. <laughs> no. And but Rick did wake up with an IV line in. But yeah. again, that, that's that's only gonna last for they so many hours. Yeah. In the IV line should have been ran out months ago, unless yeah, right. there was yeah. somebody in yeah. the hospital like legitimately taking care of Rick. Yeah. Also, I mean, not to be gross, but bed sores would have gotten infected. Oh, yeah. oh ew. He yeah. would have, yes. No, but he would have died in, like, so many that. different ways. Hang on, though. The, so only, gross. The, thing that, the thing that would make sense to me is if the... Okay, so the, break, the zombie apocalypse happens, but not everything's going to go to shit right away. So it sounds like the hospital may have been the one place that they were kind of holding out because, hey, look, it's a hospital. Right. Um, and they left at the very last minute when they absolutely had to. Um, which true. would kind of give them a little more time for Rick to be in the coma. It just the amount of time that he was alone there might have been shorter except with all of the damage that was done and everything in the hospital. Yeah. That is kind of... I mean, it's still, it still could have Fussy. happened super fast, but I, I, think, I think the point is it's long enough that it's really stretching belief that he, not only would he be, still be alive, but he was, I mean, he was really mobile. Mm-hmm. Like, he was weak, but he could get yeah. up and move around and open doors and, and sort of, you know, weakly fight zombies and shit. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he, he got, like, a good night's sleep and a meal with Morgan, and he was fine. Yeah. Basically. After getting bashed in the head. Which After getting bashed in the head. He was not conscious at that and point, And he still wasn't. had an open wound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He still had an open wound, too. I didn't even realize that, because mm-hmm. if he had been comatose for a few months, like theory dictates... Yeah. That wound should have been more than halfway closed by that point. Yeah. yeah. A simple gunshot... But that also leads credence to the theory that everything happened fast. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even if it did, even if it did, and like it, it's, let's say, let's say maximum two weeks, maybe mm. week and a half. That's still really pushing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In terms, in terms of him, it's not even, it's not even necessarily him being alive. It's him being alive and in as good shape as he was. Yeah, that is very true. It, for me, it's for me, it's the shape that's actually the most important thing. And mm-hmm. and, and you know what? The thing is, I'm willing to overlook all that. It didn't bother me at the time. It doesn't bother me now. It's a show about zombies. I'm willing to accept the, un- <laughs> the I'm, I'm willing to accept the lack of realism of the premise, mm-hmm. because it's important to jump into the story at that point in that way. And it's it's frankly it's a minor quibble, mm. and and the story itself at that moment is so engaging right off the bat that it, mm-hmm. it, it does it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But anybody who tries yeah. to say the show is realistic needs to needs to take needs to take a seat because. Right. 
zombies. No. Yeah. But there is some things that are utterly realistic. Like, the, let's talk about the fact that Beth got shot in the head. Oh now, what are the statistics for surviving gunshot wound to the head? And you're right outside the motherfucking hospitals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're not great, but it's totally survivable. Mm-hmm. They had a doctor there that was mm-hmm. that seemed pretty well-rounded. He knew trauma. He, at least he knew trauma care. Yeah. yeah. At the very base, basic, he knew how to handle people who were really serious, like in mm-hmm. emergency room situations. Right. Hmm. Statistics would dictate that... You're pulling out your phone. I have so much data saved on this, and I have not written shit about it, and so I'm just going to talk about it. Give me a second to pull it. Oh, Let me, give me a second to pull out my motherfucking numbers. Perfect. But while, and while you're doing that, like, and oh, this fucking frustrates me when they say she got shot in the head. She, yeah, technically she got shot in the head, but at an angle where it did not even necessarily enter her skull. True. And maybe it grazed it. Yeah. We're still talking, you know, recovery time and it being rough, but we could completely be talking minimal brain they damage. Keep saying mm-hmm. that she got shot. And she clearly she didn't look at she... the pictures of her. Exactly. I mean, we even have, like, a video, some, someone in our an amazing person in our amazing corner of our amazing fandom. Mm-hmm. Except for you assholes that are anti and just go away. Right. But um, mm-hmm. irregardless, someone did a video that was breaking down and did a slow-mo of the gunshot. Right. And it did not hit her. No. It, it should have gone through her chin. But, and, and, and then you see her and what happened and what's going on. And the entry is clearly right here. Like, it's mm-hmm. clearly right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what an entry wound would look like. It's relatively small and neat. It would be the back where it would be a mess. Yeah. And that's what we saw. And we didn't even see a whole lot. Like, it, no. was, it was bloody. There was a kind of an explosion. Mm-hmm. But if you look, it's mostly just blood. I didn't see any brain matter. And it no. didn't bleed that much. No. Like, you know, Daryl brings her out, and the back of her head's pretty bloody, but she's not soaked. Mm-hmm. And head wounds bleed a lot. Yeah. As we found out last night. Last night. Jason. All over the room. I hit Jason last night in the head <laughs> with a cup of old, with a, with a glass of old fashioned completely accidentally mm-hmm. and woke him up. Mm. And so I woke was, up bleeding. And there was blood and it was super awkward and I, was, and I wasn't even drunk and I was like, oh my God, you guys, I'm so sorry. It's four in the morning and I just tried to kill my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't even work. But you're my ride back, so that would be shitty. You have a good vested interest. Yeah, I, I, need, really, I actually really need to keep you alive. You need to watch yeah. where you drop things. Your band-aid me. is fabulous, though. <laughs> you, right. you, should have asked, you should have asked Michael Thomas if he had any uh, unicorn band-aids to give you. <sighs> I didn't do enough band-aid shopping today to like, fit in. <laughs> you really need to, you need to select your band-aids carefully at, at Wisconsin. Well, there was a wide selection, and they were like, which one is the brightest and loudest? Because that's what I need to <laughs> call attention in, to it. in where we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, here. Bright for here. Loud here. Nothing but bright and loud. Bright Even though Be he's wearing as black. loud as you can. Yeah. Right. Well, you That's pick your better. accessories to really it's express yourself right. if you're not doing it with clothes. And he only brought so many accessories and he had to make up for it somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the mandate works. Do you have your data? Yes. Okay. Give so, us your data. Let's talk about st- numbers here. Do let's. <laughs> 235 <laughs> gunshot wounds. Gunshots have happened. Let's use that number. 208 of them are fatal. Mm-hmm. 3% of those are survivable and have a good quality of life. Now, these are fatal gunshot wounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, that means it's a direct shot. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, the last 20-something, are not. And let's, let's bisect, dissect, best gunshot. She was shot at an angle and it hit 
and scraped off a corner of her head. Yeah. So it did not go through her skull. It didn't go through. It went like this. Exactly. Yeah. So it scraped up a corner of her forehead and up across her scalp. Yeah. Did not penetrate the scalp. That is not fatal. No. That would be five percent. That would be of the five percent that is livable. Yeah. And and five per- people are like oh five percent. That's nothing. No, actually, statistically. There's a reason they call it significant. It's mm-hmm. it's statistically it is significant. Enough people it happens to enough people where it's entirely reasonable that it would happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's not super likely, but it's not like that would never happen. Happens five, all the fucking time. Five percent is one out of twenty. That's huge. That's, that's a like, that's like, actually <laughs> you know that's actually pretty good odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when I thought I was when I thought I had that autoimmune disorder, mm-hmm. and I was looking at okay, eight percent of these eight percent of people with this autoimmune disorder develop develop non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. I was freaking the fuck out mm-hmm. because I was like, that's not great odds, but I am looking at a I'm looking at significant chances that I will get cancer. I don't have it by the way, but but eight mm-hmm. percent was enough to freak me out because I know that that's non that's that is non insignificant odds. So five percent survival from this kind of gunshot. The idea that it's not realistic that she would survive. Exactly. I mean, look, okay, sit down, shut up, and learn some math. Mm-hmm. Like, this is basic math. This isn't even, like, upper-level college math. This is super basic math. Yep. Yep. So I'm getting the impression that the argument over Beth's death is, like, the tip of an iceberg that I'm getting right now. Well, like, we, we had a mm-hmm. discussion about yeah. this last time I... Like, I, I That's gave true. Him, I asked you about the Beth survival. And I gave, I gave, him, my, <laughs> I gave him my basic spiel. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more. He probably believe it. There's so much more. Oh yeah, no. yeah I'm pretty sorry. Like, yeah. like I, I, I gave you like the basics, and you were like, oh yeah, she's alive. It seems relatively obvious. She's totally alive. Yeah. Yeah. Did you show them the video, like the whole like scene and everything? We um, were driving. No. No, we were. He was driving me to the airport. Oh. <laughs> we, we didn't have time. No, but but I but I mean I, I gave the basic rundown of here are all the reasons why it makes no sense, and why everything in the story itself suggests very strongly that he's yeah. alive. And you were like, oh yeah, no. Totally yeah. think that could that could be true. Yeah, even outside like the whatever the meta reasons, you know, for like the, the credits and the appearances and the which are intense, handled, which, yeah. are, which are intense. intense and real. But like yep. even outside of that, there's a lot of show support for it. Yeah, yeah. And let's think about it. The way team families storm that hospital is fucking savage. Mm-hmm. So if they saw Beth get shot, had an inkling that she would survive, watched them stash her in the car, and then later when team family left because of the herd. Came back and got the body. They are damn well gonna make sure the team that Beth is still alive. Yeah, they know. They just from general speculation and watching their reactions to Beth's body, they will know the team family will come and fuck them up. Yeah. So just general fear and wanting to make sure she lives. Yeah, we'll do it. And not let's talk about the let's talk about the fact that Beth is a little ray of sunshine and strength and yeah. hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. She most likely, even though she was in that headspace of wanting to survive and Dawn has gotta go, yeah. that she would still be singing in the hallways and planning to get the fuck out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna be bringing hope to people in the hospital and just making them feel good. So they want to make sure that that little ray of sunshine is still alive because Lord knows the world needs it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? One, of, one So many things stick with me, but one of the things that really, really sticks with me is that she explicitly says, I'm going to get out. 
to Dawn, and then she says, just like Noah. Why did they make that explicit? They didn't have to. She could have just said, I'm going to get out of here. And had that be the end of it. But then she says, just like Noah. And, and that, Im- that implies, like, down yeah. the elevator shaft and then out through mm-hmm. the fence. Mm-hmm. Why would they be that explicit? Well, also, let's think about how Noah actually left. Mm-hmm. With Beth's assistance and guns blazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how yeah, yeah. he left. And that's exactly how Beth left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it ties in really well with the, uh, the quote-unquote missing footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which there's so much of. Enough mm-hmm. for, like, a bottle episode, really, which I kind of expect will happen if she comes back. If she comes back, absolutely. Like, a here, yeah. here, is, here is a couple of hours, like, Morgan-style to explain everything that happened that we didn't show you. Is it too much of a digression to me for me to ask about this, or can go I just it. do no, it on my it. own? Because there's missing footage that you yes. guys are referencing. Yeah, that's, that's the theory, yeah. Oh, sure. That, She's like, been <clears throat> spotted on set actually working. Ugh. And in the last three seasons, well, I think that there, I think that's a little. It's, uh, I've at least been stashing that in the interesting and possible, but not in the holy shit. This is uh, like major. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I have sort of hierarchy of mm-hmm. this is this is interesting. This is big. This is this is next to conclusive proof. Okay. I know that things like that look like her that have been spotted, but but yeah. the, the the extra footage that we know was shot with mm-hmm. her in it. Was in was when they were shooting for season five. There there were multiple. There was there was like a thing in a house with with a lot of a lot of the different actors, which we never saw. Like we ne- not only did we never see Beth in that scene, but we never saw that house. Like that house just never showed up. And there they you know they spotted you know a blonde girl being under tight security, being rushed into the house. And spoiling <laughs> dead fans was uh, like, oh well you know we just we suspect this is Beth. It looks like Beth because of course it's Beth. Because mm-hmm. what other blonde would they be hustling into the house under tight security? Mm-hmm. We never saw that scene. <laughs> and it was only one of several like that. Like there were several involved. Like, not just a couple minutes of a scene, but several involved, fairly major, at least from the amount of time that they spent there and the amount of crew and everything that they had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they took the time to get an entire house and dress it for a specific scene or multiple scenes. Mm-hmm. Not only did we never see those those scenes, but if you go back and look at the episodes they were being filmed during, they don't work as cut scenes because none of those things fit into the overall narrative. That's the thing about about it for me. Like you could be like, oh well, those scenes were just cut. Well, what were they cut from though? Mm. Like the cut scene where 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 Daryl is on the roof with Rick, and Rick is like, you know, if anything goes wrong, we'll kill everybody. And Daryl's like, oh god, I guess so. It's it, like I can see. Okay, I know exactly where that was cut from. It was cut from when they were planning, you know, the initial raid and 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 you know, background talk was going on. I know where that was cut from. Mm-hmm. Where the hell were those scenes with Beth being cut from? They weren't being cut from anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they were entirely their own thing. And why you would cut a significant portion of the stuff you filmed, I mean, among other things, it makes no financial sense. Mm-hmm. It costs a lot to get a set ready, get a yeah. crew ready, do wardrobe, yeah, do makeup, kind of get the actors on. Yeah. not do anything with. We're talking multiple days of filming that yeah. we just never saw. Why? For what reason? That's never happened since. That's never happened with any season since. Nothing and on that. They scale. haven't been yeah. shown in deleted scenes. Nope. And it's right. been nope. four Nobody, seasons. Nobody's talked about them. Nope. Nobody's talked about them. We don't know what happened. It's super frustrating. Even when they mm-hmm. were doing the flashback scenes from season seven. Nope. Still didn't see it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was 
a holy hail back to loved ones. Maggie with uh, Glenn, Daryl with Glenn and his regrets in being um, a part of why Glenn died and everything. That it, even with all of that, it, yeah, things like it have happened since then. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's and this is this is one of the things that really frustrates me about the about about the the team acceptance people and the aunties. When and honestly, there's a, if you do a Venn diagram of team acceptance and aunties, there is a significant overlap. Mm-hmm. I know because they've come after me in a really ugly personal way. Um, they haven't re- recently, I think, because maybe they are scared of me now. Uh, maybe maybe they're just bored of me. I have no idea. But it's like even if I really believed that Beth was dead, like even if I was like, all right, you know what? I just she hasn't come back yet. She's ban- she she's disappeared from the story. I really think that we're done with her. I would still absolutely own, with absolutely no denial, that that shit was weird. Mm-hmm. That shit mm-hmm. was fucking weird, and yeah. it continues to be weird. I would just be like, I don't know what the explanation is. I don't think she's alive, but something went <laughs> down there that I have no explanation for. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like the people who don't think she's alive won't, won't admit that it was weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to see what aunties have to say in regards to the fact that they've watched the same scenes that we have of mm-hmm. Beth being shot in the head. And they say, well, what's your concrete reason for why she's not alive? Well, she was shot in the head. Okay, great. That's all you got. There's tons yeah. of medical research out there mm-hmm. that people have survived being shot in the head. Yeah. yeah. Like, and if that's all you got... Her body was laid out and uncovered right outside the hospital. And there's even a scene that shows that someone from the hospital was watching the teen family leave the premises. Or at the very least, we saw them running for cars... And we don't know why, because nothing in that final shot of Coda indicates. I mean, it's first still. It's just them. There doesn't seem like there's any reason to run. So something happened between that final scene and then the scene that you see in what happened and what's going on, where they're mm-hmm. sprinting for cars and waving yeah. guns around. Why were they doing that? Makes right. Something happened. What mm-hmm. happened? Exactly. And Beth is not with them, as far as we can see, although there's a lot we can't see. Mm-hmm. What happened? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And nobody has answered that for us, except Andy Lincoln has indicated pretty strongly that a herd came through. It's really interesting. I would like to hear, I would love to hear um, what aunties would have to say for just this whole, like, that whole episode in general. Yeah. Why are you against it? What's, like, what is your hang-up on the, and yeah. please do not bring ships into this. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they can't not yeah. when they like it's you know it there's they're like it's tying here. themselves in knots not to mention it but it's there yeah. yeah but just on a purely like logical level let's think about it we have this and this and this and this and this for why Beth should be alive what are like your thoughts of this and this and this and this of why Beth is dead well I've, I've done that though I've tried I've tried to yeah. Not exactly that, but like I did, I did a big like open letter thing to them and tried to get tried to get some kind of answer, and you know what? I got nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like, literally, I got... Amazing. So you actually intelligently engaged them as rational human beings, and they didn't respond. Well, initially, I was yelling. Initially, (laughs) I was yelling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That... And, and, well, and and my... But my yelling wasn't abusive. It was just like, why the... Why the fuck are you coming after us? What are you getting out of it? You could do literally anything else with your life. You could paint a picture. You could go for a walk. If you have a child, you could play with your child. You could play a video game. You could bake a cake. You could do so many constructive things. Even get into a new fandom. Even get into a new fandom. Why are you coming after us anonymously on fucking Tumblr? Mm. And I never got what I would consider a satisfactory response. I mean, some of it was like, Mm. you're evil and we have to stop you. And I'd be just like... (laughs) What? It's not like we're world domination here. Um, What? Okay, and also, how much money are you donating? Or how much time are you volunteering to actual organization like rain are you don't are you are you doing anything regarding that are you like an escort for planned parenthood are you doing anything actually measurably productive to deal with the stuff that like you're the answer is no not really and 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 then some people were like well it's fun to fuck with you and i'd be like well at least you are honest yeah (laughs) credit to you you're a terrible person but at least you're honest about it but no i never (laughs) i never got any and granted, you know, my standards for... I, I, I'm biased, so my standards for what I would consider an acceptable answer are pretty high. But I, I, I teach college, and I'm very clear to my students when I do that, like, look, I am coming from a particular... Like, I think affirmative action is good. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's good, I think it works, I think it's necessary. It doesn't always work amazingly well, but as an idea, we need it. It's, it's better when we have it than when we don't. Mm-hmm. But I've had students write me long papers against it. Mm-hmm. And... They were well argued. I didn't agree with their points. If I wanted to argue with them, I could respond and, you know, mm-hmm. we could get into a debate. But I gave them A's because the papers were really well argued and mm-hmm. I thought that their points were good. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, okay, this is a totally legitimate, interesting answer to the question that I posed. Yeah. So I know that I can actually look at somebody disagreeing with me and go, okay, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I don't agree with you, but that is a totally legitimate point of view. And I didn't get anything like that from any of these people. And I'm open-minded enough to sit here and listen to what you say. Even if it's something as simple as she was shot in the head. I'd be like, okay, thank you for your response. Yeah. It'd be that simple. I am so curious. So curious that sometimes it eats me up. Yeah. But (laughs) I legitimately want to know why you guys think Beth is dead. Yeah. And even if it's something as simple as she got shot in the head, or yeah. I don't right. like Beth, but please don't bring shipping into it. Yeah. Well, no. I don't like Beth. I mean, I don't consider that, I don't consider that an acceptable response to <laughs> it's not. why it's not. is she dead. It's not. It's it's not. But I'm there just are like, a lot of people, like, okay, yeah. well, thank you for your response. There are a lot of people I, I wish were dead who are not dead. <laughs> so there's that. And there's a lot of people who are dead that I wish were, we're never not dead. dead. Yeah. yeah. So like it's uh, it's just if you really try to pin them down, mm-hmm. they have nothing for you. Mm-hmm. They have nothing for you. It's really funny. So I'm a recent convert. You know, in the past year or so, to, mm-hmm. to bad things. Um, and when I and, and my level one watch the show was that you know uh, she was shot and everyone was super traumatized and, and yeah. I didn't think much more past mm-hmm. it. Neither did most viewers, and fair enough because it's subtle. Um, and you it's, don't really see it unless you think about it, it is, in an obsessive manner. No, I, I can see that, but um, <laughs> but but it is but it is really clear that people that survived that fight were super traumatized by the thing that happened. And yeah, that they absolutely. wanted you to know that they were traumatized. Absolutely. But then, you know, afterwards and talking about it and looking at it, I would like back in that episode, I'm like, wow, also everything else about the way it was handled was really weird. 
that, that like nothing like it has that the, that it was so different from all the other deaths of yes. major characters. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you see that sticks see? way out. Um, that is not easy to reconcile. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, like again, even if you think she's dead, you're like, well, nothing like that has ever really happened before. Or like since. to compare to just dropping her, you know, dropping her quickly versus that that the, like the Tyrese episode, which is what like the next one. Like, yeah, right? and, it, and it was and it was it was the kind of if they were going to kill Beth, <laughs> it's the kind of episode I would have expected for that. Like this mm-hmm. long kind of lots of closure, like, her confronting everything that had come before and all of the ways in which she had come to be who she was, and just kind of saying goodbye to everything. That I I would have hated that they killed her, mm-hmm. but I would have been okay with the death mm-hmm. itself. Because yeah. it was respectful, and I wish they hadn't killed another black man, but how they did it at least was really respectful and beautiful. Right. Yeah. Which is really interesting with the callback episode to, or I have to make a callback to the episode when Abraham and Glenn died. Mm -hmm. So that one was, and I think even the episode before that was, like, we know somebody's going to die. And we know it's going to be someone important to us. Exactly. It felt like that. You could feel it coming. So my curiosity and my confusion is two episodes for Glenn and Abraham Mm -hmm. for their deaths. And we kind of expected it, especially when they did the mid-season finale and some leaked leaked audio footage of Maggie calling for Glenn. Yeah. Some of that footage was used in the actual episode of their death. Mm -hmm. Now with Beth, it just happened. And they did it in a really shitty way too. Like, I have standards with The Walking Dead, and my expectations were shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to pun intended. Right. Like, if we found out that she did die for real, and, and the show said so, right, it would feel like a betrayal with all the weird stuff that they did in the, like, yeah, yeah. With the way that they handled her death. It, it would, would be feel upsetting. Like it, would, it would be out of character upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, even Herschel was given a respect for how he died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They went back and showed his head being stabbed. So we like we know yeah. he wasn't just left to be a walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got that wonderful little moment in Alone, which isn't you know, that's not officially his funeral, but you know, you see two characters kind of in that moment saying goodbye to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he does get kind of a memorial and he is you know, his, the people he loved him are kind of being like, All right, you know, at least as far as we're concerned, we're putting you to rest. And it's yeah. really interesting the way they set it up, too, is um, it spoke of, like, hope. Yeah, yeah. And everything. Yeah. And it's like, we know that Herschel was Rick's, like, beacon, his advisor, mm-hmm. what set him hope, what kept him on the side of not going utterly yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. Or you're okay with going crazy, but we're going to need you to come back. Exactly. So, when Herschel died, it's like he passed the torch on to Beth. And for the next se- next um, episodes after that, we see Beth feeding Daryl. Giving him, mm-hmm. like, that hope and that happiness and encouraging him that they're still good people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, ta- she really is, she's the heiress of that. Yeah. In a really serious way. Just for this one character, because then Rick has Michonne. Mm-hmm. And Michonne plays that role for him. Yeah. But but Rick wouldn't have anybody... I mean, uh, Daryl wouldn't have anybody if it wasn't for yeah. if it wasn't for Beth. And that's exactly what he needed at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's, uh, and and mm, if, if I one of the things I yell about a lot 
it, it, the, I've, I've been very vocal about how much the Easter egg stuff, stuff frustrates me because I feel like people focus way too much on the individual little details, which I think is dangerous because it means mm -hmm. if you're wrong about those details, then suddenly you're wrong. It feels like you're wrong about everything. Whereas if you focus on the story, everything in the story is screaming that she's alive. And a lot of it is because of stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. why would you give her this place? In not only the whole family's lives, but in Daryl's life specifically. And Daryl's like a main character. Mm -hmm. Why would you give him his relationship with her for like 2.5 episodes and build it up so much? And then I yelled at, I yelled about this on Tumblr a little while ago. Like, mm -hmm. think, just think about this for a second. They never speak in five. Like, he pats her on the shoulder and stuff, but they do not speak once to each other. Like, that, you barely even see them meet each other's eyes. Like, they have next to no interaction. They have certainly have no real reunion, but it's, it's the fact that they never speak to each other that means everything to me. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, you, if you were going to kill her, you wouldn't do that. You'd have them, like, have a hug or something. Mm -hmm. you'd, have, you'd have some recognition of the fact that they were happy to see each other before you killed her. And it's, it's, the, fact that they didn't, <coughs> it's the fact that they didn't do that, that that just feels so wrong to me, not in the sense of how dare they, but in the sense of this is just not... It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't, this is not yeah. what this show does. It's not what this show ever does. Mm -hmm. It makes ever. no narrative sense. And it's mm -hmm. one None. thing that we can told um, the writers and the crew of The Walking Dead is how consistent they are they have things that they will mm -hmm. fall back on and do again and again and again yeah like mm -hmm. it's a norm for them to do this and this and this and this the attention to detail yeah and then little things that are completely out of the blue like they do callback episodes they do closure episodes for people that are gonna die yeah and then the one thing that stands out Beth just gets shot in the head. And it's the end. Yeah. And then the world goes on from there. Yeah, it makes no sense. Okay, so you guys were talking about fans of the show that are fans of the violence in particular. The fuck boys. Yeah, yeah I, and I can boys. see that. Um, and it, to me, yeah, I mean, that's I'm not how I view the show, but, um, but like when I think about that view, it seems inherently to be a shallower view of the show, you know? Yeah, that's, that's not one. what Gimple is, that's not the story Gimple's writing. Um, and, okay, I, I mean, I get doing that because the violence is so detailed. Like, because I, of the yeah, makeup and the, it, like, and that's really, uh, I, I don't know how, I don't know how new it is, but it's really cool for a show yeah. to be that detailed in its violence, and, yeah. and I can see somebody getting into that. And I think it, I think it is totally okay to enjoy that level, but sure. I do. I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. Right. And I, you know, I, I know I, I know I take it to be a symbol of, like, the way that the, story tells true stories that it yeah. that the physical truth of the gr the grossness reflects the truth of the story the intimate truth right there's more characters. going on there um and so i take that but uh, but like um you know if the story is being told with uh, like if somebody's appreciating it on the level of violence then they want it to be a superficial story yeah you know yeah they don't they're uncomfortable with looking any deeper mm. um and that to me it suggests why there's not a solid explanation to be found for of Beth being alive, which yeah. is to say, they want they really they don't. It's like oh, she got shot. Why are you looking any harder than right. this? You we know? don't want to think anymore. We'd about actually it. rather you didn't. Please look any harder. You know, at yeah. our at our show of violence. Yeah. Because uh, we just want to be told when someone dies 
and for life yeah, to be cheap to be and yeah. to not look too deeply. Which but is they don't do that. The That's the thing. They, yeah. They're not cheap when they do the deaths. They don't. No, no, no. then the deaths are almost uniformly really, really well done. I mean, it, even Glenn's, which how it happened sucked, but then afterward, like, he got so much closure and it was mm-hmm. so, so clear how the people he loved him were dealing with his death, and then you know he got a he got a grave, and you saw people gathering over his grave, and mm-hmm. you saw Maggie's relationship with that with where he was where he was laid to rest, and you know she went there to deal with her feelings, and it, it, it the actual death scene fucking sucked, but how they handled everything after that was beautiful, mm-hmm. and they didn't they even even if Beth's death scene had sucked, they could have done everything like like they could have showed them burying her for fuck's sake. Or they could have shown... Dar- <laughs> Even if they had to leave her body behind for some reason, they could have shown Daryl doing something like burying her knife. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or or something like that. Or they could have fucking buried the music box. Or, or given it, like, a Viking funeral. They could have done something. They did nothing. I mean, Daryl has feelings about literally everything else. Other than her back <laughs> body in a car. Yeah. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. already have one episode linking her to a car. Yeah. And she's there with Daryl... And their intention when they get in that car is to survive. survive right? Mm-hmm. Right? So what the ever-loving fuck? Like, the story rhymes with itself, and it's been rhyming with itself over and over and over again. I mean, for a long time, but especially since Gimple started writing it, and it's rhyming with itself here, too, and nobody can fucking see it. Another thing, Rick and Michonne, what did they do when they got in the car? Try to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who's the first two people that got in the car? Beth and Daryl, trying to survive. Rick and Michonne, and I can't remember if there's anyone else getting in cars to survive for that. Survival in cars is a reoccurring theme, too, because Aaron Aaron and Daryl do that, too. Yeah. Like, they both survive in the car, you know, before they rush out and try and get through the herd. And, God, I'm I'm just trying to... Shelter and survival in cars is a thing. Like, at one point, Carol takes shelter in a car. Oh, yeah. It, it happens over and over and over again. Cars kind of equal survival, especially in difficult situations. And we don't know for a fact that they left her body in a car, but there's so much... That but didn't they have the... an episode where someone went back to the car to try and find her body? No. No. Oh. No. Mm-hmm. No, no. What, what, no. What, ha- what, ha- what did happen in them is that, is that um, they did find a bunch of cars on the road and... All right, we had to uh, change out batteries, and also we had to go get drinks, and now we have drinks, and everything's good. So, do we have breaking news? We do. Okay, We're so... actually having breaking news on the podcast. This is so exciting. <laughs> so this is really interesting. in the last couple days. I know she had a panel in Germany. Yes, yeah, she had I know a panel nothing, in Germany. I know nothing more than that. This is Emily Kinney, for anybody who's confused. Yes, one of our people speaks German. And one of, she, our, one of our sources. Yes, one of our sources, <laughs> our <laughs> people, um, was talking about it, and apparently Beth. Emily, oh God, don't, I, it's the same. That is such thing. a faux pas. No, faux it's pas. the same goddamn thing. Emily, Emily was talking about The Walking Dead, and I'm not even sure if the what's the panel that she's at even The Walking Dead related. I mean, I, I think she's there at kind of a Walker Stalker Con Germany type thing. So yeah, I think. All I know is she was singing and playing Hold On at one point. Okay. So I'm, guessing I, it's I walking very, dead. I'm guessing it's Walking Dead related. I know very limited information about the type of panel she's at, whether she's advertising for something else or she's um, doing promotion and touring for AMC and The Walking Dead, even though she hasn't she's been on an episode in four years. Kind of weird, yeah. 
and but regardless, here's the really interesting news. So we all know theories and true storylines and truth that Andrea from the comics and Beth Screen from the TV show have similar plot lines that have merged. Yes. And have ideas, Andrea's stories have been fed into Beth. Yeah. Well, Beth was just talking about how she admires Andrea. Really? Yes. So Andrea specifically got mentioned. Yes, Andrea specifically. Yeah, see, that that goes into kind of the interesting might be something category for me. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily conclusive, but interesting. Yes. So. Huh. It surprised me, and I... Huh. Yeah. Yeah, the Andrea-Beth parallels I absolutely love. That does strike me as very interesting, and particularly suspicious because it is overseas. That's the that's one of the things that's I, w- I was talking to this with like, like the squad, mm-hmm. like me and uh, Jackie, Spooky Green, and Molly and Jen and uh, Lynette and I think there's a couple of other um, D Fiori and a couple other people. We every now and then we just yell at each other in this group chat and uh, <laughs> we were talking about the con situation because periodically we'll just be like you know she still hasn't done any American con- American panels and cons no she still hasn't wonder why but one of the things we've noticed that is interesting is she does do them overseas and we're sort of wondering about why that might be and it's 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 actually it's even weirder that she does because it, it that some people are like well she's not doing panels in the United States anymore because she's nervous and I'm like no she's clearly fucking not because she's doing them in other countries yeah she seems fine doing them there mm-hmm. and I'm sort of wondering you know okay well why what is it about the panels in those other countries that makes her feel like or makes her handlers feel like it's safe to have her on those panels isn't Chad Coleman the one that played Tyree yes Guess who she was doing the panel with? Seriously? Yes. Or, like, do we know what else they were talking about besides I have just... no idea, but there's 43 minutes of them talking. Okay, somebody will break it down for us. Yes. Somebody will break it all down for us. You know, very possibly somebody already has. If I will send Sunny the link to this panel. Okay. And she can link it up on her podcast. Okay. Or I'm sure by the time I get home, it will already be everywhere, and I'll have a million asks in my inbox about it. <laughs> and I'll have to be like, I was at WizCon. I'm like, you loser. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was busy being too cool for you. You know things I don't know. That's really interesting, though. Hmm. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, I don't know if they've actually ever been on the panel together. Or is it just them? It's, yeah... Just them and the interviewer. That's super interesting. Wait, the interviewer. Yeah. So there's basically it was an interview. Okay. All right. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if there was a question. We're gonna have Q&A to. We're gonna have to pick segment. that apart. Yeah. If 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 there's an interviewer, then that suggests to me that the questions have been screened beforehand. Exactly. Which mm-hmm. is in itself interesting, isn't yes. it? Yes, it was very interesting, isn't it? They don't want <laughs> and they're people asking. I don't questions. know if it's recorded or if they're being shot in front of a live audience. Hmm. Hmm. Well, either I th- I th- if it's at a con, I think it's in front of a live audience. But but that that does imply that there's not like a microphone and a line of people who are mm-hmm. lining up to ask whatever the fuck questions they want. Nobody it's set up like a it's yeah. set up like a um like the Daily Show or something. Right. Yeah. Like an interview. interviewer, and then the two of them on a couch. 
on right. chairs talking. Right. Yeah. And then there's the audience, but the audience doesn't really have much in the way mm-hmm. directed. I mean, there might be a Q&A section, but other than that. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Okay, so this is also a Bethel podcast, so let's say... I'm fucking saying that thing along. Saying that thing aloud. I hate it. Ship portmanteaus are the very devil, and I hate saying them aloud. Anyway, it's a Bethel podcast. If we're going to be doing Team Defiance, one of the things that keeps me coming back and back and back again is Daryl. Is who? Daryl. Because why the fuck did they put them together for two episodes, 2.5 episodes, and then have him look like hell for her in the beginning of season five and then have them, like, never see each other again? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Why do that? And they they couldn't have just been doing it for man pain because they, they sucked gave, at the man pain. Yeah, and they on top of that they gave Beth her own arc. I mean they could have they could have left her as you know this little princessy character who mm-hmm. was they didn't have to do the on she just arc. waited to be saved. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah. didn't do that. No, and in fact that was such an interesting contrast because. Mm-hmm. Daryl just fucking loses it. Yeah. Like, he's very happy that he found his family, but the second... Like, it's it's so fucking hilarious. Like, the second he thinks that, like, oh, it's the car that took Beth, smash, 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 let's go! And then they just go, and he doesn't yeah. think about it anymore at all. Mm-hmm. All he's thinking about is finding that car so he can find Beth. Mm-hmm. He isn't... Li- he literally is not thinking about anything else in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Beth has, like, you know, the man I was with, is he here? And they're like, no. And he, she's like, oh... And then she gets on with her fucking life. <laughs> like, she never mentions him again. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not that she doesn't care about him, clearly, but it, it's it's like he is desperate for her. And she, it's such a great way of looking at their two characters. He's desperate for her, and she's like, well, I'm here. This is my situation. I'm going to get out. I'm not going to stay here. Yeah. But I'm gonna, in the meantime, I'm going to do what I need to do to handle my shit. Because right. I can't get to him. I'm not going to worry about that. Mm-hmm, you right. know, he right now is not a factor in my situation. If he shows up, then he will be. But for right now... I have to assume that I'm on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly strong and pragmatic of her, and I love it. Yeah. It's one thing that's really stood out to me is when they do the mini reunion in the hospital before Beth died, is Rick gets a hug, but Daryl doesn't. Right? And it's not like a long hug, but it is like a little, like it kind of, kind of kisses the crown of her head, and then I just have endless, mm. I have endless Beth Rick feelings that aren't and even necessarily romantic. I just love yeah. them as friends. I know it's cute especially with one scene where Rick and Beth had together and Rick puts the sheriff hat on Beth I know and so many people have pointed to that too because it's like you got shot now you get to wear the hat between anybody that's worn that fucking hat got shot Mm -hmm. and they survive and they survive I'm 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 a little fuzzy on my timeline where is that scene in relation to when she got shot when they were in the prison I mean, when when did they show that scene oh, in relation they, to when she got shot? Uh, they showed they showed the you know there's a new sheriff in town scene. Yeah, that scene. That mm-hmm. was in the season finale of uh, of se- uh, season finale of season four. Okay. So a, mm. which is a really important episode because it's kind of where everything changes and gets set up for season. Mm-hmm. Like that's where yeah. Rick loses his mind, mm-hmm. and that's where they find terminus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we haven't seen Beth for a couple of episodes before then, but Beth is kind of reintroduced at the very beginning of yeah. it in the flashback to kind of be like, yo, remember this character? She's still important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really important scene. You oh, think yeah. it's like a throwaway scene, but it's really not. Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, in terms, of fores- in terms of foreshadowing it's her survival, scene. it's It's, it's a huge. very big scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Rick had gotten shot a second time wearing that since he's worn that hat because Rick has gotten shot while he's wearing the hat. Carl has gotten shot, and he's wearing a hat. And yeah. that's how Beth Twice gets now. introduced. Yeah. 
and then Rick gets shot again, survives. Yeah. Carl gets shot. How did he get shot? In the fucking eyeball. Hello, Nell. Is it okay if I come in? Yeah, sure. We're recording a podcast thing about The Walking Dead, though. Okay. <laughs> My friend Nell just walked in, and then she was like, no thanks, and nope, don't out of here. So. But yeah, so, so two people that have worn that hat have gotten shot twice and survived. And one of them got shot in a direct headshot in the motherfucking eye. Yeah, and, and no, by the way, nobody questioned him being fine. Yeah. They're like, oh, he got, oh, oh he's got a gaping hole in his, and, and granted, you know, you could totally argue that if it went in like this, it you know, it I could it shattered it shattered <laughs> right, part right. of his skull yeah. and destroyed his eye. Yeah, but it still went in his motherfucking head. Yeah, it still he literally got shot in the face. And you know what? I'm actually I'm willing to hand wave that because it's the Walking Fucking Dead. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm willing again, to be okay. Beth with it. got shot in the fucking head, and it wasn't even a direct shot like Carl. So come on here. It's tempting to reply to be like, no, Carl's dead. He got shot in the head. Yeah, what's why look deeper? Just, yeah, I don't know what you. I don't know what you guys are thinking. I got shot in the face, literally in the face. Happens. It's not complicated. Sorry, no silly mental image of Carl just being like, "Oh, hey, Beth." <laughs> Yo. Yeah. I guess club. we're in a club now. Yeah, yeah, we're in a club now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that would. Oh wait, didn't they put that hat on Judith though? Uh, did they? I don't know. I have no uh, idea. Her head's so in, tiny. It would like. No. I know, but it, it's a baby wearing a giant sheriff's hat. That would be cute. It would be cute as that fuck. That would be really cute. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but I feel like that, that's why. It foreshadowing didn't... kind of tragic. So. I feel like that's why it didn't happen because I don't remember it. I think that's the kind of thing that I would remember. Yeah. It's just this yeah. adorable baby wearing this giant hat. Yeah. That would right, be yeah. So at the risk of reading into things too deeply. LOL. What? No. <laughs> think oh, about how where dare you, you are and who you're with. Yeah. Jesus, man. That was the joke. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, um, okay, so um, people who have worn the hat have been shot. Uh, they get shot and then they wear the hat. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, and, really and then makes... get shot again. <laughs> right, okay, yes. And, and really, I mean, um, I mean, that just makes me think of the role of police in the show. Uh, you know, uh, we're it, getting meta here. That's what I'm saying, right? Because yeah. this hat is a symbol no, of what it. law and order oh, used God. to be. Do it. You know, and the role that it plays now. I well, mean, and that comes back explicitly in the Did the Greedy Cops so. have hats? I don't think they did. No, I don't think they I did. I've never seen a hat in. They did it. There's nary a hat in sight. Yeah. No, no hats. Interesting point. That's a very interesting interesting point. (laughs) Hair and corruption. Oh, God. No. Oh, my God. Let's. Oh, my God. Entire paper on hair and corruption and walking dead. (laughs) Facial and otherwise. Right. But, uh, you know, I I, I think about this now because I just finished watching. Daryl's hair is getting longer. Sorry. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's getting longer as he becomes darker as a person. I'm oh. sorry, continue. Yeah, continue. No, hair is a total theme in this Hair is a total theme in this show. Yeah. And if his hair is super short, he's turned back into that redneck asshole like his brother. Yep. Yeah. Except uh, he's keep, he keeps growing it up. I like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. And it's getting oh, yeah. darker and darker and darker. Like his soul. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying, Jason? <laughs> you were saying, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, there's a lot of ways in which um, uh, where, where Rick, as the leader, has been trying to find what it means to be police. Yeah. In this new world, yeah, and it does a, not mean what it used to. Because it means walking, it like it means being violent for causes, but not violent for aggrandizement or control, or you know, it right. means it means serving something. Right, yeah. right, right. And that keeps being the role of true family, like you know, if it keeps being the role of what they do in the world as they form communities is to be police. Yeah, for this mm-hmm. new world. 
Yeah. I have to comment on that because in season four, when they, oh no, season three when they did the prison, wasn't it? Well, season three and into the beginning of season four. Yes. They took in the people from... From Woodbury. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they were protecting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even though that was after Rick went crockpot crazy. Crackpot crazy, sorry. Cry th- a lot. Personally, I like crockpot crazy. <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. It rolls off the tongue. Crockpot. It also implies but, a period but of stewing. Yes. And they turn it a pie and then it bubbles over. <laughs> and then you're like, shit, my countertop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That describes Rick rather well, actually. Shit, my countertop. It's, it's Rick. <laughs> Alright, so I'm taking in the symbol. You know, somebody gets shot in the service of this police community. I'm just texting them all. Then they get to wear the hat and they get to become part of this police order mm-hmm. that's being created. Mm. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what I keep hearing hats and getting shot and it's clearly related, you know? Mm. Um, hmm. I hadn't thought about that before. Did not even think about that. Mm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. How dare you for bringing this to our attention? Jason, Jason does this. Jason is really good at like deeper meta thinking. I love it. And he hasn't even seen a bloody episode. Yeah, he has. But he, just, he hasn't seen our specific bloody episodes. No. No. Did you watch Fast Kid Shot? Yeah. What haven't you seen? What do you mean in the show? Yeah. No, I've seen all the show. I just yeah. haven't like. I haven't stepped just, into the wider world. Okay, I mean, like, you just binge-watch, like, all That's of season all seven. I do at home and just, right. you know, pause it and yell at people around me about it. That's all I yes. do. Yes! None of whom care <laughs> as much as we do. Leave me the fuck alone and watching people die. <laughs> <laughs> and not believing they're dead. Oh, my God. Shut up, they're not dead. I'm going to watch them take a, a, a clothesline to a herd of her zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I just said to him all, let me know if you want to do this in your room or mine. That sounded weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just makeup. It's just makeup. That's all we're talking about. But yeah, yeah. You know, God, you, this is so, so getting away from like, from like what we've been talking about. But I love what you said about police. Mm-hmm. Well, and it really does tie back to Grady in a big way. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's stuff going on on the show regarding... Okay, sociologist moment, please forgive me. Go for so, it. I've, I, I've, 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 uh, half of my coursework was military, and then half of my coursework was uh, state formation and, the history, and history, and uh, comparative historical sociology. And one of the things that is, it is sort of an old idea, and it's a little oversimplified, and you can kind of poke holes in it now, as you mm-hmm. can with a lot of older theorists, but is, it, this is especially, um, especially Weber, uh, the idea that, that, one of the ways in which you know a state is that the state has the monopoly on coercive violence, mm-hmm. which means the state the state has a military, the state has police. The state has the right to hurt you legally. They're the only ones that have the right to do that. If in somebody else protection. hurts you, yeah. If somebody else hurts you or kills you, it's assault. It's murder. If the state hurts or kills you. Even if, the, even if, I mean, we've seen that with, you've seen that with the Black Lives Matter movement, even yeah. if it's technically shitty and they shouldn't have done it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the people who are actually part of oppressive power structures will go, okay, they're the police, they have the right to do that, even if what they did was shoot you in the back in the street when you were unarmed. Mm-hmm. You know, it, aside from the people who go, okay, that's not fucking okay, yeah. you know, your average white person will be like, well, they're the police, they must have had a good reason, even yeah. if they clearly didn't. So, so that's how you know what a state is. The state will be like, okay, these people have the right 
to control you by threatening you at the very least with violence. Because even when we're having a good relationship with cops, you can still see that they're armed. Mm-hmm. And they've got like a truncheon. You can still see that they can hurt you if they decide. And that, so even if you're having a positive, re, a positive association with or a positive interaction with cops, that really ambient threat of violence is still there. So if you have, you know, Rick being like a sheriff in the zombie apocalypse, and especially in a place like Alexandria where they're sort of trying to pretend that everything's normal, even if everything fucking is not. What that role of legitimate coercion, legitimate coercive violence in a community that's like a mini state? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like, because violence itself has a completely different meaning now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if role, if if Rick is trying to take on the the sheriff role, if Rick is trying to take on the law and order role, and he's an incredibly violent person by nature, I mean, I think that just opens up all these really interesting questions about good and evil and power and how we form relationships and communities and make them sustainable. And that really throws Negan in kind of an interesting yeah. light. Because Negan rules entirely via, via brutality and violence. Yeah. That's, I kept thinking about that in the last season when I'm, when I'm contrasting Negan and Rick and their communities and what their values. Um, going, well, they're both violent people um, and they both have different values, but what makes them different? Right. You know? And not enough. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> but one of the things is their uses of violence. And, uh, you know, and Negan's use of violence is controlling and retaliatory and impulsive and... Uh, egregious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wildly egregious. Wildly right? egregious. Right. Yeah. Uh, where it's almost never that in Rick's community. Yeah. And, and, and the use of violence in Rick's community. And, and I feel like this police mm-hmm. conversation is informing that because now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, wait, it's mm-hmm. always, like, it's almost always legal feeling. Yeah. By the way, guys, this would be spontaneous programming. We'd get a bunch of people in a smaller room together as a panel, mm-hmm. and we would all talk about this together. This is mm. basically spontaneous programming, except we didn't put it on the board. Mm-hmm. So, come to WizCon! Yes. Yes. yes, You were saying. Come to WizCon, we will have more discussions like this. Come, it's you, very wonderful, yes. and drinks. I'm learning a lot. With drinks. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're very happy you guys are here. Mm. Oh, yes, we will ask the convention to apply us with drinks. <laughs> we gotta do governor's club. No, we club. don't want water and lemonade. We want hard liquor. This is why it's <laughs> worth doing the governor's club, you guys. It's really worth it. You were saying, it's, Jason, very so, interestingly and smartly. All right. Well, I mean, I keep. I, I be, I've been ready for them to form communities and deal with the community level of the story for a while. And so, uh, when they did that, I feel like somebody, a community like Negan, was needed to contrast the way that they use violence. Um, okay. Because once they, once they have once they're at the community level, their violence has to be understood in the level of the hilltop and the kingdom and whoever else they encounter, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say that they don't just ride in and take uh, take what they want. Uh, they make deals with it and they use it and they use it to enforce things that are healthy for everybody. Yeah. Um, but they need someone like Negan who uses violence like crazy to contrast that. Right. You know, to yeah. show that it's that that this is the problem with violence. Which is really yeah. interesting when you think about it is because Negan, when he uses violence, it's outright. He's using, he exactly, will kill exactly. one person as an example and it's say, over. hey, if you do this again, you're going to lose someone that you value and love. Mm-hmm. Now, Not Rick, you. on the Not other you. hand, someone you value appro- and love. Yeah, yeah. Rick oh, approaches right. it Super important. differently. Mm-hmm. He will come in, act like the good guy, and but there's, in his body language, in his manner, there's a subtle threat there that you need to do this. I'm willing to jump through your hoops, play your little fucking games, but once we have a deal going, and if you back, if you betray me on this, you're gonna fucking die. Mm. 
Look at what happened recently with uh, Janice and the dumpster kids. Spoiler alert, by the way, people. So if you guys haven't seen season seven, um, might want to tune out for the next few minutes. But, I'm assuming everybody has. <laughs> yes, Actually, but I haven't. You haven't? I have a small child. I couldn't watch it. Okay, are, are you are you okay? Go for it. Talking? No, okay. I'm, I'm still on Tumblr. I've been spoiled. So you've been spoiled. <laughs> I've been spoiled. Cool, 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 cool. So then the dumpster kids. You were saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> the dumpster dumpster kids. Yeah. The dumpster peeps have been secretly <laughs> working that. with Negan, mm-hmm. and yep, mm-hmm. they've been secretly working with Negan. So sorry if I exploded your brain and imploded your hope that Rick would finally win. Not this time around, kiddos. Sorry. Guys, sorry, guys. I'm going to do something really weird. I'm going to start putting my makeup on for the dessert salon. While we are talking, I am still going to be contributing fully. I'm just going to be putting shit on my face. Go I'll be right it. back. Continue talking. But yeah, it's interesting with... Interesting in this regard because... Mm-hmm. We're... Michonne was hoping that they would be the answer to finally defeating Negan, to finally having home, to having peace. They were trying to go back and get the prison back in a way. They were trying to get that sense of community and peace and everything. And the idea that Negan is still out there, that the saviors are still alive, prevents them from that. So they're getting geared up for all-out war. Mm. So, you know, talking about this is making me uncomfortable because I'm really no fan of, uh, like, the police right now, like, here in our world yeah. today. And, like, I'm uncomfortable the with the, with the, with the level of power they have. Yeah. What? Uh, you're not a fan of the police in the U.S. in general? In the U.S. in general, yeah. Like, okay. it's state to state, sure. But I, mean, I, I'm, I'm, I understand. Okay. I understand like, completely. Like, policing with a capital P. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable though, yeah. with the differenting ways that it's applied, you know, the, the standards, yeah. the different standards that are applied. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, that makes me have to imagine that there are fans of the show that are fans of it because of its police presence. Yeah, God, it would really be interesting to do like a sociological study on on, on the the relationship between fans and that kind of course of state violence in relation to it's f- fucking to mm-hmm. sociology. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you're a sociologist. <laughs> it sucks. But but no, I think because ah, it's it is. See, I, I've th- I've been. Go- we were, we were talking about this, and in fact, you just might made a reference, might have made a reference to this. It's very, very interesting to be looking at Negan in the context of the election and Trump, because yeah, Gimple wrote this before the election, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it it's like of everything I've seen in contemporary, like released week to week media, that's not mm-hmm. a direct response to the election. The Walking Dead is probably the most relevant thing right now mm-hmm. because Negan is fucking Trump. It's yeah. the same exact logic. It's the same exact form of ruling. Negan, Negan is unsubtle. He just rules via brutality and like sheer force of personality. But there's nothing deeper there. So he's completely unprepared for like organized, subtle resistance that doesn't like doesn't doesn't just jump at him like Daryl with a punch, but that you know kind of gets together with other communities and makes plans mm-hmm. and is like okay, you know we're gonna make deals with this person and get arms from these people and we're gonna kind of formulate a strategy and a way to come at this guy and what he won't expect. Negan's not ready for that, and Trump wouldn't be either because you know Trump clearly doesn't know what to do with. I have what he's to kind of explain that just a little bit. And okay, here's why. Here's why, is because the 
we I just talked about it two seconds ago is the garbage kids. Megan had a deal set up with he them. He did have a deal set up with them. And they and Rick was totally unaware of it. And that's part of where I have to um Well, I didn't say it was working every right, time. Right. And I have to call Rick out on his um planning in regards to the fact that he should be having someone watch Negan's compound and following Negan's people and yeah, where they're going. That was and a major failure. If you're planning for war, you have to have an eye on your fucking enemy. I mean, and it's your fault. It's I entirely blame Rick for not keeping an eye out. Send like a double agent in. Like have somebody defect and then... Yeah. Have that that would have been a really interesting story. Like, you know, because then they would be pushed by Negan, if, you know, how far would had, you go? Daryl would have Daryl would have been fought for it. Daryl yeah. would have been perfect. Yeah. And yeah. It, God, that would have been really, really sad because it would have been basically, you know, and how this, much of Daryl's Daryl's soul will he allow Negan to destroy in order I to do have what to Rick wonder, says? Though, if on some level that's not what they're gonna end up doing with Eugene. I was just thinking that. Because mm-hmm. right now Eugene kind of isn't it, isn't it just sick that Josh McDermott's been getting, like, death threats? Oh, my what? God. What? He had, to, he had to cancel, like, he had to delete his now. social media stuff. Oh, my God. Because people were giving him so much shit online. And it's like, okay, it's no. fucked up. He's the sweetest guy in the world. Yeah. No shit. Eugene's the sweetest guy in the world. Yeah. He's just in a really, really bad situation, and he's quite weak. And he's still yeah. kind of a coward, though. No, he is a you coward. Know, like, that, that's the thing. Like, he's know, a sweet man. He's a good man. Right now, he's really wrestling with some serious cowardice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and, one of the reasons why And he owns it. He's owned up to it. He's yeah. aware that he's being a well, coward. Yeah. Yeah. But he's sorry, not, I keep talking over you. No, it's all right. He, I mean, he's not... He's a coward, yes, but he's not opposed obviously to oh what's the word subtle resistance yes he made he made those poison vials he made both of them and he he? knows how to make a bomb and i swear that was foreshadowing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i have a suspicion that he's gonna either find he's gonna find an opportunity to use the poison yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah He's also somebody who's really comfortable with lying about what he's doing for a long time. Oh, that's yeah. the other oh, thing, yeah. and I think that's a really important reason mm-hmm. why he's there. He can, mm-hmm. of all of Team Family, yeah. he can just lie and lie and lie, and he does it reflexively. He does yeah. it without even thinking about it. And mm-hmm. to quote Jacqueline Carey, um, that which yields is that which yields is not always weak. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love really that. That's totally perfect. Yeah. I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten that line. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. The biggest thing is really interesting is that when we really, like, learn who Eugene is in the show, it's his biggest revelation. The biggest thing against him was what? That he was lying about knowing how, about the cure. Yeah. That he knew how to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty outrageous lie if you think about it logically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people, oh God, to quote yet another book, jeez. People believe. We're in Wisconsin. Oh, pe- Quote books. Yeah, yes. uh, people believe. People will believe what they want to believe. That's what Wizards' first rule, second rule. Anybody read that at all? No. Wizards' first rule. Wizards' first rule. I have not read it. Mm-hmm. I know of it, but I good, haven't read it. Good book. Uh, but uh, the the basis behind it is that people will believe a thing because they want to believe it. That's the first rule. Well, and it's because it's the people yeah. that the magic is real. Of course they will. Yeah. Um, so Negan obviously wants to believe that there is this nice, weak, pliant person that he's totally cowed, who is completely weak, and yeah, no, there I believe that Eugene's got a much longer game. Yeah, no, Eugene's story is bigger, and I think that they're presenting him as weak so that they can give him a redemption arc. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think it's really interesting is because 
You just called me. You just called Eugene weak. Who okay. else has been called weak? Exactly. That's that is one of the things we talked about this too. Didn't we? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh. That's, that's one of the things, and I've yelled about it on Tumblr. You've seen me. Yeah. The the show in such a fascinating way, and in a way that the fuckboys are completely unequipped to think or talk about, mm-hmm. is the show is asking, you know, what is weakness and what is strength, and we mm-hmm. we will find strength where we would normally expect to find weakness, and vice mm-hmm. versa. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah, Beth is supposed to be weak, but yeah. in fact, in in some ways, because she finds other ways of doing things than just brute force, mm-hmm. she is much more resilient and much stronger than somebody like Rick, for example. Yeah. And and Eugene Eugene's strength comes from different places and right now he's in a weak place. But I think there's a core of strength and courage. I mean, that was the mm-hmm. whole thing with his relationship with Tara. Was was like, you know, look, you are better than this as a person. There's there is a part of you that's strong. There's a part of you that has courage. You just need to set aside the weakness and embrace the strength. Didn't yeah. Eugene and Abraham have um, scenes where they were sitting down talking about something? It was kind of this. Yeah. It was one of the things that made me think that maybe Abraham was going to die. It felt like a kind of a goodbye conversation. Yeah. yeah. And another thing is, do you remember when Herschel completely lost it back in season two? Yeah. And it was a really he, powerful couple of episodes. Yeah. He. So what happened was, if you guys don't remember, is Herschel lost his hope. And this was after Shane went crazy and opened the door to right, the barn, and they the shot it down. Shot, yeah. And he watched his daughter, um, he watched his daughter, Beth, almost die because her mother ate her. Because he worst. was weak and thought they could be saved. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's the most traumatic thing you can see, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And Herschel was celibate for 30 years or more. And... He lost it. And so he went on a drinking binge. Right. And then he found his redemption with Glenn. I can't remember what Glenn said, but it got him to come back to the farm. Yeah, and it's important that it was Glenn. Yeah. Exactly. Um, What's really interesting is that they have Rick as this guy that's supposed to be this hope and really it's interesting is that Rick is really one of the weakest characters in The Walking Dead. He is. He is. It's totally true. He totally is. (laughs) And you wouldn't, again, if you're watching this on a super surface level, you wouldn't think that. Mm -hmm. He absolutely is one of the weakest characters on the show. This is really fucking fascinating. Isn't it? And you know what? Here's a shout out. Here's a thing for you guys. These kind of conversations happen at WizCon. Oh they happen all the fucking time. That's what WizCon is. And it's That's not what WizCon is. Yeah, yeah and it's you, not you even just in someone's hotel room. sitting down talking about whatever, and it's like... That's, right. a, that's one of the dangers, in fact. Like, you're not, oh, I'm going to go to this panel and this panel and this panel, and then you see people in the hallways, and the next thing you know, it's 3 a.m., and you're downstairs in the lobby with a bottle of bourbon, and you're talking about shit, and it's 3 in the morning. This happened to me last fucking night. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah! Yeah, we actually had a pretty good conversation in the hot tub the other night. Yeah, and I that was about wonderful. Like you said you were going to the hot tub, and I was kind of jealous, because I was uh-huh. like, I want to go to the hot tub, but on the same time, i got to go float. There's too much going on. Yeah. Oh, but it was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's one of the reasons why we look forward to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the Capitol Wisconsin. It's refreshing yes. to have intelligent And it's not even just these well little people. podcasts that happen in hotel rooms, but even though this is fucking cool, is yeah, that these we'll giant panels happen. 
BlizzCon is for writers and readers of science fiction and feminism and everything else, you know. And one of the things that stood out to me is that there was two panels today that were talking about sex. One of them was how to make a sex toys. And That's right, that one, there, was and make your, there was a make your own, like, BDSM sex yes. thing. I didn't go to that, but it looked fucking amazing. It was. Oh my god, so Kit Stubbs is awesome. They are freaking awesome and fascinating, and I wish I'd taken the time to talk to them. But I had to go find this one here, Amber, by the way, yeah. I'm pointing at her. Okay. And watching her eyebrow quirk up and get lost <laughs> in her hairline. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, dear. You're a sweetie. Aww. But yeah, I mean, you guys are missing out not coming to WizCon. Like, I get it. Like, you have responsibilities, but WizCon isn't for another year. So get the planning, bitches! Yep. Put monies in your piggy banks. It's really worth the money. And you know, the thing about WizCon that I've noticed is, I mean, like, I've been to other cons. Mm-hmm. Airfare sucks if you have to come in a long way. But if, if you're, if you... Registration's not that much, and if you go nope. on to go in on hotel rooms with other people, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know you take advantage of the con suite, and if you're in the governor's club, you take advantage of the free drinks and the free food. It's totally fucking worth it. This is actually a fairly inexpensive con. Yes, mm-hmm. all things considered, this is mm-hmm. a pretty easy to do con if you can just find some money. Yes, and it's beautiful too. Is the fact of it's not as big as like, for example, like New York Comic Con or Salt Lake Comic Con. That's the other They're thing. They're huge. Yeah. This one's small and intimate. It's capped at a thousand. Mm-hmm. It's really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's... There's no reason not to come. I mean, if you're, like, the kind of person that doesn't do well in big crowds... I love people, but I can get overwhelmed. And I'm sure Amber's has had those moments many, many times well, in the last the couple days. Just, just the ones, frankly. Just the ones. Just there, the ones. There yeah. are a lot of people here on, on the autism spectrum or who have other, you know, other similar kind mm-hmm. of neurotypical things yeah. mm-hmm. who require, you know, quiet space to kind of recharge and kind of oh, get yeah. away from overstimulation. Yeah. And this con recognizes that and mm-hmm. puts aside, like... I don't know if you've noticed, but like on the, the green, the green thing. Oh yellow, yeah, you saw the green, oh, yeah. yellow, and red okay. for yeah. If it's green, you can go ahead and approach them and be friendly, and you know, if it's yellow, it's like be cautious. Um, I might not want to talk to you because I don't know you. And red is just I can't handle it right now. Please yeah, go please away and let me decompress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another couple of things I want to shout out is that they have free child. They have a dollar a day child care. They do, and it's, it's amazing. I'm. I have babies of my own. They're not my actual children, but... You still take care of them. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't bring them to this con. I don't think I'm going to bring them just because my sister's, like, really, like, uh, so I'll respect that. But I have been in to the childcare rooms. I have watched the children play and have fun. They're being taught in those rooms. They're oh, learning the child something. Childcare Wisconsin Aww. is like, it's not just... Here, dump your kid here. But, like, there's child's, there's children's programming. Mm-hmm. And there's they, children's activities. Yeah. They have things for teenagers, too. You can bring your teen child who is a sci-fi nerd, who is a reader, who is a writer. They will thrive here. And, let's see, they have rooms for disabilities. They are open to providing interpreters for deaf people. I'm hard of hearing myself. My hearing fluctuates. Yeah. And so I have talked with the people in disability. It's my fault I didn't get interpreters or anything set up. Um, I take full responsibility for that. 
but yeah, I will I mean, like, be making you, a note of it. Really, if you didn't know how available they were ahead of right. time, and it's not, it's completely not wrong to assume that they won't be because most cons don't do that, right? And WizCon is doing it. They have a disability room set up. They have an autism room. They have teen rooms. They have childcare. They have fuck. What else do they have? Safe spaces. Yes. Yeah, there's, like, there's like a, a POC-only safe, safe space. So yeah. kind of, and, like, that's the kind of thing where people be like, that's racist. And it's like, no. Like, anywhere where there are white people, oh. it's white supremacist. You need a POC-only space. It's and just they how have things that. are. That's another thing. They do, they have a person of color or a person of ethnic, eth- of other ethnicity. Anybody who ain't white. Yes, yeah, basically yeah. that. I didn't want to say white because no, I didn't want to offend. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> we're terrible. We're, Any, yeah. Anybody that, yeah. any place, any place that is at all, you know, occupied in a significant way by white people is a white supremacist space. No matter how nice those white people are, people yeah, of color need a white free space. It's the only yeah. space yeah. that's really going to be completely safe. Mm-hmm. It's just true. And it's really interesting because I have seen... And I've sat in the room for a few minutes myself, but I've been into that um, POC room. I've sat in it and I've talked with some of the people, and there's probably an equal number of minorities, in quote-unquote minorities, as there are white people here, and it's fucking bloody brilliant. Hmm. Pardon my English and British cursing, or not. <laughs> I'm okay. I don't care either way if you are offended or not. But it's fucking bloody brilliant! But yeah, just All right, it'll be worth it if you come. I'm gonna have to call a halt to this, you guys, because yeah. Amal is waiting for me and she's ready for me to do her makeup. And right. you're in the middle of doing your and own. And I'm in the middle of doing my own. Okay. Yeah. Um question. Do you want to get together after the guest of honor speeches and my panel, which is on shipping, by the way, and you should all come. I'm coming Absolutely. tomorrow morning. We will be there. Actually. No, this is later tonight. This is oh. like a ten. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. What time? If you, it's it's just at 10 p.m. and it goes until like 11:15. If you want okay. to, after that, come back here and we will do more of this. Yes. I would love like that. Don't feel Climb obligated. Me with coffee, though. Sorry. <laughs> coffee. Well, yeah. There's there's coffee available like literally fucking everywhere. I know. <laughs> yes. The other thing is great. So okay, we're we're basically calling a halt to this, you guys. But you know, God willing, and everybody else is willing to do it too. We will pick this up in a couple of hours. Yep. So there will be a part two. All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Yep. And we're back. And that was super fun. So that was the first part of what basically is, really is kind of like a four-hour conversation, if not fucking longer. Oh, my God. So that was what happened before the Guest of Honor speeches and the shipping panel. And then what you're going to hear in the next episode is the conversation that happened after, wherein um, Ari fell asleep because she's a lot smarter than we are. And the rest of us sat up and drank, and... Oh, God. Yeah, you, well, you know what? You're going to hear it. Um, among, among other things... Well, you know what? I'll, I'll just tell you about it when we get to it. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's kind of great. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to get that posted. It's probably going to be... I would say two things about me that are, hold true pretty much across the board, no matter what. You know me. You know this if you know me. Everything I write is longer and more complicated and more feelings heavy than I thought it was going to be. And whenever I say that you're going to hear from me in about a week, it's probably going to be longer than that. But I'm really going to try and get this up within like a week. Let's see. Um, I'm already providing you guys with a ton more content than I normally do, but but yeah, I, I, I do try and stick to my schedule. And then after that, hopefully we're going to pop back onto my normal reading series interview, reading series interview schedule, which I was enjoying and think that I could keep to. 
So, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go and get out of your hair. And thank you so much for listening to this. I appreciate you endlessly. And hopefully I will speak to you soon.